This podcast has been developed for financial advisor use and provides general information only and does not take into account any particular individual's objectives, financial situations or needs. BT Investment Talk by BT Investment Solutions is a monthly podcast produced exclusively for Australian financial advisors. Our investment experts, together with some of the world's leading fund managers, will provide thought leadership on a wide range of investment topics. Investment Talk is all about looking beyond the numbers, helping advisors cut through the noise, enabling them to have meaningful investment and portfolio construction conversations with their clients. Hi, I'm Matt Harvey, National Key Account Manager and Senior Investment Specialist, and welcome to another episode of Invest Talk. Today, I am fortunate enough to be joined by Bruce Sow, who is a Senior Portfolio Analyst within BT's Asset Allocation Team. Bruce, welcome in and thanks for your time. Thank you, Matt. It's my pleasure. And big thank you for everyone who's tuning in. Bruce, I, th- I thought it'd be good to get you in to do a deeper dive on the recently published 2023 outlook that you and the team released earlier this month. And I guess as part of that, unpack some of the key themes that you think will dominate markets over the course of the year. And, and I guess, obviously, interest rates and inflation seems like an obvious starting point. But I think it will also be worthwhile touching on the team's revised capital market assumptions, that is your forecast risk and return assumptions across each asset class over the long term and and how they've shifted relative to last year. Does that sound okay to you? Yep. Sounds perfect. Awesome. Well, well, let's start with, I think it might be worthwhile quickly just recapping on 2022 and, and touch on some of the key themes which have flowed into the start of this year. So can you perhaps start with that? Sure. Um, 2022 was certainly a memorable year in many ways. Uh, we've seen historical level of inflations across most advanced economies. We've seen aggressive monetary policy recalibrations from central banks. We've seen rising geopolitical tensions, and not to mention the lingering impact of COVID on consumer spending and uh, labor market. The market machine digests new information and set out some expectations and adjusted them along the way as new data came out. And that had led to high volatility and changing risk sentiment throughout the year. Uh, We can describe this process into three phases. The first phase was when the inflation showed signs of peaking, particularly in the US. We saw this pivot around mid last year market shifted the focus from the fear for runaway inflation into a fear for an overly hawkish central bank policy, which could force the economy into a deeper recession. And the second phase was when central banks decelerated the pace of rate hikes in response to more evidence of disinflation. As we entered this year, we saw the market quickly shifted the expectation to a possible soft landing scenario and risk sentiment improved. The final phase is the realization of those expectations on growth and inflation. There are, there are two areas that the market focuses on. One, the labor market condition, i.e. the levels of unemployment and wage growth. This is critical for bringing down the core or the service-related inflation. And second, the magnitude of downgrades in corporate earnings and revised forward guidance and earning forecasts. We're watching closely in those space as things evolving. Yeah, that's that's great. And and I think to your point there around the market sort of repricing in new information around inflation and earnings is is critical. And I think 
the strength of equity markets at the start of this year has caught many by surprise. So it'll be interesting to see if that really continues into um, in Q2 and beyond. But I, I wanted to spend some time talking about the revised capital market assumptions the team published and, and how they've changed relative to last year. But before we do that, can you just remind our listeners your team's process when it comes to determining what is an appropriate asset allocation for, say, a balanced investor and, and the role that capital market assumptions play in this process? Uh, yeah, thank you, Matt. Uh, no problem. The uh, capital market assumptions reflect our long-term views on asset class expected return and risks. Uh, on a high level, um, there are a few underlying assumptions worth highlighting. First, we believe central banks remain committed to their 2 to 3% inflation targets and can react to economic slowdowns. In the second, technology innovation and global trades will continue to drive productivity and enable economic growth. And the third, we acknowledge that the deglobalization, rising geopolitical instability, and uh, climate change can lead to a structurally higher inflation and more volatile economic cycles. And finally, assets are traded with risk premium. That is, we expect excess returns to compensate higher risk taking. With that in mind, um, the longer inflation expectation helps us set the fund level objectives and the long-term expected return of risk determines the appropriate level of asset allocation for a portfolio. Um, in terms of the process, we update and review our CMAs on quarterly basis and review strategic asset allocation annually with the optionality to review entry year, particularly if there is a disruptive market event such as COVID sell-off. Um, other factors such as product design, access to certain asset classes, fee budget, transaction costs, liquidity, and other risks are also considerations when it comes to portfolio construction. Yeah, great. That, that makes sense. Thanks, Bruce. So, so look, looking at your return expectations this year relative to last year, across every asset class, I notice you are forecasting an improvement in returns. Maybe we can break it down into, say, growth and, and defensive assets and talk to some of the, the, the reasoning um, behind that high return expectation. So starting with growth, what, what are some of the, the key call-outs advisors should be aware of? Thanks, Matt. You're right. Um, from modeling perspective, lower starting valuations and higher dividend yields are the main contributors to the increased expected returns for equities. And that is somewhat offset by a lower uh, expected earnings growth. And across uh, risk assets, higher inflation expectations lead to higher nominal expected returns. And from time to time, uh, valuation is the biggest uh, swing factor. Uh, empirical evidence suggested that the lower starting valuation multiples typically result in a higher long-term returns. We use a, cyclical, a cyclically adjusted PE measure for equity valuation. What worth noting is we found that uh, developed market equity, particularly US equities, are still trading slightly above the long-term average. And the equity risk premium over U.S. 10 years treasury is also narrow and slightly under the long-term average. And on the other hand, emerging markets are relatively cheaper in historical contexts. 
only with a few exceptions, such as India and uh, Indonesia. Finally, I would like to stress that um, as we expect as we expect inflation to remain at a higher level in the near term and higher on average over long longer term, equity return will remain critical to earning a meaningful real return above expected inflation over the long run. Excellent. And and I know if I think about our portfolios relative to some of our competitors, we have historically had a, a higher allocation to, to equities and it and it sounds like um, from what you've just concluded there, that environment is more conducive for that um, that equity allocation. Uh, but what about for defensive assets, Bruce? What what are some of the key call-outs you would make there? Um, yeah, um, during the year of 2022, bond markets were sold off at a similar magnitude as the equity market, uh, if not worse. Um, so the bond yields have risen from historical lows we saw during the pandemic to a new decade high. The 10 years US Treasury yield moved from just half percent in August 2020 to currently about 3.6%. This has significantly improved the expected returns going forward. Uh, both in nominal and real terms. However, uh, there may still be some short-term volatilities in bonds as central banks reaching the end of their um, rate hiking cycle. Sure. So that, just to, can I get clarity on there? The um, higher expected returns for fixed income, I know some others uh, who, who run diversified portfolios in the market have started to increase their allocation to bonds. Does this mean you're intending to do the same or... Um, are you quite happy with the existing allocation to defensives going forward? Uh, Matt, broadly, yes. Uh, bonds and the traditional fixed interest market still pay, play an important role in the balanced portfolio. Um, as the policy and market expectation normalizing the traditional bond and equity correlation is likely to benefit the diversified portfolio going forward, uh, especially with uncertainties around future inflation and growth. Um, but in, in addition to traditional defensive assets, we also allocate to alternative strategies with defensive characteristics. For advanced funds, we've further implemented the exposure to two multi-asset strategies over the last year, which we believe are more dynamic and well-rounded investments during these volatile economic conditions. That's great. No, thanks, Bruce, for, for clarifying. And, and what would you say... Uh, some key takeaways for advisors as they meet with clients at the start of this year about, you know, how markets and returns were last year relative to expectations going forward. Yes. Um, for our audience, I would like to highlight three points. Um, one, after the year of market declines, the resilience of many will be low and there is a heightened risk of making decisions based on a desire to avoid short-term risk rather than decisions that contributed to a longer-term objectives. And two, um, for investors with time on their side, lower valuations typically create an environment of improved long-term returns. And finally, diversification remains a key investment principle to navigate volatile environments, not only to reduce the risk of potential losses, but also to allow investors to focus on long-term outcomes. That's brilliant. No, thank you very much, Bruce, for your time and, and for your insights. And, and I encourage advisors who want more granular, detailed information on that 2023 outlook to 
to download uh, the report and you can do so uh, by going to our website uh, or reaching out to your respective um, state BDM. But that's all we've got time for today. Thank you again and uh, please don't hesitate to reach out if we can, we can be a further assistance.